0: If you want to follow along with the story in your pew Bible, we are going to be on page 1575. I want to tell you just a little bit of story. I'm going to read the story, and this is from Luke 2 um, 1 through 5. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King, of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. In the little storybooks, like, right, when you do these old storybooks, this one's for the very young. It starts off with walk, walk, walk. Mary and Joseph were on a long trip. Do you know how long a trip it is from Bethlehem to, to I mean, Nazareth to Bethlehem? Do you know how far that is? It's about 94 miles. Now, what I want to say is that years and years have changed the way we are now. Before cars, there were towns about every 15 miles because that's about how far you could go in a day. But what we don't understand in America nowadays is that most of Israel fits between Spokane and the Tri-Cities. But even then, that's a longer walk than most of you would be up for. Yes, that's a walk. You're walk, walk, walking. Mary and Joseph were going on a long trip, and there weren't any cars, and there weren't any buses. There was just a donkey and a young maiden. Great. Probably not the most fun journey you've ever thought about having. And yet they had to go. That's what they did. And they were going back to an ancestral home. You would think then that, that they would be going to a place where they knew people. Because when we travel for the holidays, we go to visit family or on vacation, and we set up a place to stay in advance. <laughs> At least now that I'm married to Karen, I do. I used to think about just driving in town and finding someplace. But we don't really do that in our world today. But what they mainly did was stay with family, that hospitality was the big thing. So it's something that when they're making this trip and they get there and they and they find a place to rest, that they don't have any family willing to take them in at the moment. Just want you to think about that what it feels like to not have a place with your family. Now, some of that could be that maybe they'd been away for long enough that they didn't know very many, but some of it could be that Joseph had decided to marry Mary and that she was pregnant. And there was significant family pressure around that event. Matter of fact, the, the scriptures say that Joseph considered not marrying her for that very reason. But then we think if we go to Spokane, there's lots of places to stay. And we could stay in the I want you to think for a moment about coming to a place smaller than where we are right now. Bethlehem was probably closer. To about twelve hundred people, there probably weren't a chain. There probably wasn't a chain of, of Holiday Inn Expresses there with breakfast all set up. There was probably an inn. Now we experienced this when we lived in Saint John. They had two hotel rooms, but you had to know who to contact to use them. One of those things. You could get to town, and if you didn't know the right person or which phone number to call, because there was not in the phone book, it just said that 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 the man that lived three doors down he ran it, and you had to find that out. And so they knock, knock, knock. What's that in the story? That is the next verses. And while they were there, time came for her to be for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly, snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them at the end. Knock, knock, knock. Joseph knocked at the door, but there was no room at the end. So here's our story. No room at the end. Something I want you to understand is that babies don't always know there's no room for them. They just come. Yeah, they just come when it's time to come. But we as adults start to worry about that. Tonight, because it's not midnight yet, it's not technically. The celebration of Jesus' birth yet. Tonight, waiting, waiting, feeling like there's no room with family. There's no room at the end. There's only room with the animals. In Isaiah 9, it says this in verse 6. For a child is born to us and a child is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies Make this happen. And in Philippians 2, the way that runs, that's 1816 in your Bible. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death. But long before that, just to understand who he is, born this way, sleep, in the middle of the night, in in a stable, in a place where you didn't feel welcome, suddenly it's time to have a baby. Also, not the way we really do it anymore. Right? You know, they probably call for some, for the women to come and they all come, but this just shows her sleeping in the night, just ready to have the baby who's going to rule and have peace and bring peace and has given up Godness for a while. Just want you to recognize sleep. That in the in the night, in that unfamiliar place, Mary had a sleep, and then to the Lord of the universe would say, hush, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Hush, hush, hush. Because he gave up everything to come lay in a manger. To come lay in a manger. Again, babies don't really know. They don't mind if the setting's not right. They just come. Tonight, as we, as we remember that we celebrate this, we also wait tonight. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Essentially just minding their own business, yeah? They're just doing what they do. It wasn't like that was the only night they guarded their sheep. Have you ever had that part of your job where you didn't really notice that it was different from one day to the next? And you're just doing it, and then something suddenly different happened. So upon them breaks this. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified, as you would be. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And then suddenly the angels were joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth. Those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to see this thing that has happened this night. And so this book says that night they were told of a very famous baby, a special baby, and then they ran. There's this thing about coming to Jesus that when you meet Jesus, that when you're told about Jesus, you need to act. Have you ever experienced that? There's an immediacy. The Lord is present. I must act. The Lord is present. They ran, but we do that same thing. It's time to act. You and I were talking about that a little bit earlier, right? When it's time to act. There's no avoiding it. Run, run, run. The men hurry. I need to say this one thing though. The angels, the, the men, the shepherds, basically unaware, just going about their business, or as the Bible would say, marrying, giving in marriage, taking in marriage, and living their lives. And An in breaks God. The in breaking kingdom. They were unaware, but expectant. But remember this, this one thing about Christmas Eve, and even Christmas as we go forward, that even though we celebrate the birth of Jesus, they were celebrating the birth and the Lord's coming into the world, but they were going to have to wait a while for the fruition of it. There was an immediate need to act to go find out But Jesus wouldn't present himself for another 30 years. You can't wait We were told to act, and you don't know the time of the moment, but when he's near, when he comes, you need to run, to act, and move with him. So this evening, we're going to replay just a little bit of that night for the shepherds what's it like to be in the middle of nowhere without light without light you're in the middle of nowhere and one angel pops in and says tonight in bethlehem the savior's been born for us as believers for people that love jesus or for people that know about jesus or for people that have heard about jesus the thing is is that we become the messengers or the angels for other people too we become the ones that say this and so tonight, as we wait, we light, light yours, <clears throat> and I'll ask you to share your light. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it works best if they tip into yours, then you have three. Okay, so I'm just told and corrected. <laughs> that it works best if they tip theirs into, into the lid. <laughs> and so tonight, I ask, that you would share your light Tonight, as we stand in vigil, waiting for the coming King, don't forget to rush to him when he is near. Don't forget to let him light your life so that you can share that light too. Go in peace and know that he's coming. He's coming again. In his name, amen. Go in peace.